Hey, what's up? This is The Convo, a bit of a sneak show for Thursday, December 1st, 2022. Norm along with Mike. The Streaky Leafs, holy smokes, five wins in a row. And Mitch Marner with 18 games straight, picking up a point. That ties a franchise record, and he did it in the nick of time last night in a 3-1 win over the Sharks at Scotiabank Arena. Mr. Ajello, good to see you on a Thursday morning. Yeah, I I got my beauty sleep. Well, I need a lot of that. Um, it's it's funny because a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this team, like oh my god, the sky is falling. Both goaltenders are hurt. Eric Shawgren's number one now. All the defense are you know half the the most mm-hmm. experienced four defensemen. Um, well, other than Giordano, all out of the lineup for multiple weeks, and they're eight zero and two in their last ten games. Right. So it's just you never you can never really quantify things in professional sport, um, and as we're going to talk about in a minute, the way that the Leafs are approaching, you know, this without Riley, Brody, Muzzin, Jordy, Ben, the way they're approaching games, um, you know, that's how they. I think they have to approach what's going to happen in the playoffs. Uh, and it's right now yielding uh, great success. There is a winning culture with this organization, whether fans want to believe it or not. But since Austin Matthews came aboard, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, even dating back to uh, Morgan Riley getting his feet wet in the game, mm-hmm. there is a winning culture here. Like It may not extend into the playoffs, but at this point right now, the Leafs, in their minds, believe themselves to be uh, not only one of the best teams in the league, but a contender. And yes, you're you're minus your two top defensemen. There's been a bit of a goaltending carousel, but there is a winning culture here. And these guys who step in realize that, look, you you might be on your own kind of um, you know showcase where you're trying to give yourself more of an opportunity through some decent play but uh, when it comes down to the uh, fundamental reason you're there it's to hold the place until someone else gets back and you better do it adequately because there's a winning culture here that is depending upon you to do your job so this team can make it through to the next game without getting the shit kicked out of it and that's basically what i've witnessed so far this season mike well, I mean, and you you put forth the right caveat. There is a regular season winning culture. Right. And, yeah, that's important because that sets you up in terms of positioning for potential success in the playoffs. Now, obviously, we know that this core group uh, needs to push through when it comes to the postseason. But it's important. You know, I mean, they had 115 points last year and they won the Northern Division. There has been – a great deal of regular season success with this core group. But I mean, like I've said many a time, it's almost, it's almost meaningless until they have that success in the postseason. And I, you know, like, I mean, you, you can see that's easy to say because if they don't have the success in the regular season, then they won't make the playoffs. But you know, there is, there is an ethic. There is a, um, a mode of operations that Sheldon Keefe, asks of his team to have that success in the playoffs. And I think you've seen it uh, on display over the last 10 games with them earning a point in every one of those 10 Mm -hmm. games and playing, 
I mean, especially on that four-game road trip, playing almost perfect road hockey. Now, you know, they they made their goaltenders work for it. You know, Matt Murray had 40 saves, 42 saves against Detroit. He stood on his head against New Jersey to get them the victory, and they got the they got the fortunate break of some uh, disallowed goals that were valid. But you know, good team breaks happen to good teams. So right now, I mean, everything is falling into place, and the Leafs needed to fall into place, especially since they've been so shorthanded with both goaltenders out of times and now their defense out of times. And the Mitch Marner thing, which I know, you know I'll let you bring it up, but. The Mitch Marner, the fact that he's tied Sittler and Ed Olchuk with 18 consecutive games of at least a point. Uh, you could tell it meant something to that team last night when he scored the empty net goal. In the nick of time, Eddie Olchuk sharing that record. Dan Dao is one. Tom Fergus. <laughs> Miroslav Freacher, a couple off. The late, the late Miroslav Freacher. But, but the, the team's getting the breaks. The team is getting the breaks. Mitch Marner got a bit of a break last night, scoring an empty netter. Last year, people who didn't like the guy would say, oh, he's filling up on empty netters. You know, they're just not quality goals. Um, sure, there's a faction out there who still believe this guy is overrated. And, of course, they're all overpaid. Yeah, 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 we get it. But, man, oh, man, he, he's been effervescent this season, to use a, a soccer term um, right now with the World Cup going on. Why don't I borrow all, all of the lingo? But it, Mitch yeah. Martin, Mitch Martyrs, um, deserves the the golden skate um, in, in our world right now, uh, and, and you know if he can keep it going, maybe he's the one who represents the Leafs in the heart conversation. Not to say that he would win it because that guy in Edmonton's always kind of right there at front and center doing what he does. But you know Mitch Marner is showing progression. And we're, we're, we're not seeing a regression. He's had his moments. But if you compare him now to the way he's played in the past, the numbers are similar. They might not even be as good as what he's been able to put, uh, put together in the stat sheet to this point in years prior. But, as a, but the development of the overall player and the skill and the capability and the responsibility, I, I think he hasn't reached these, um, these heights before. And dare I say he's going to go even higher. Yeah, he's been the hockey version of Alka-Seltzer, you know, effervescent. Um, but it's, I, I can't remember the exact amount of points, but I believe it was since January 1st of last year till now, he's, mm. he has over 100 points. He had an unbelievable second half. He was okay in the first half, really great second half, and now he's a pretty damn good first half. So, you know, this seems to be the, the normal mode for him over the last – 80 some odd games so you know the some of the points that he's gotten over the 18 games i'm sure it's it's a secondary assist on the power play but he's been driving play he's been um you know on almost every pk as the primary penalty killer off the opening face off he's been on the first power play and he's playing regular shift mostly with john Tavares. so yeah i mean right now you know, Austin Matthews got off to his traditional October slumber, slow start, and has slowly built momentum going into November mm-hmm. to the point that uh, now he has 12 goals. He's only a goal behind uh, William Nylander for the team lead. So it took him a while to get going. Now he's getting going. Marner is going. Nylander is having, a, you know, his uh, 
good first half like he did last year. And Tavares is playing well. So, you know, all the all the core four are operating on all eight cylinders. I'm always expecting the core four to operate close to the eight cylinders and at times more, perhaps a little less, uh, you know, over stretches. But that's what they're paid to do. They, they have the pedigree and the capability. It's what's going on with the rest of the team. We'll get into the mishmash of the defensive group in a second. Um, I just wanted to bring up a quick comment. Colin M. Duba's looking like a genius right now. Uh, people think he's a genius regardless. Others think he's a fucking idiot. Mike, we did our grade show uh, through the quarter poll on Sunday, OG's conference. If you haven't watched it, please do, and then like it and tell your friends about it. Um, everyone was asking what your grade for Kyle Dubas would be. You told me it's a B mm-hmm. after a few games. Is it still a B, or is it up to a, a B plus? No, it's it's still a B, and and the re- and the reason being, that, you know, okay, I'm not taking into con- uh, consideration the formation of the team going into the season because that would have been a sort of a preseason grade but I'm talking about you know, from the beginning of the year till now I mean the fact is is that they're burdened at 50 pro contracts you know they were they uh, uh, allowed Nicholas Abe Kubel you know they put him on waivers he got claimed by Washington and then the injuries to the goalies ate up the 50th contract again so they have no they have no wiggle room. If there was somebody on waivers, like, for example, Anton Strawman, a veteran defenseman, was placed on waivers by Boston. That might have been somebody, had mm-hmm. they not made the Connor, Connor Timmons deal, somebody that they would put in a, put in a claim. Low salary, experienced experience guy. Right. They can do it because there are 50 contracts. Right. Now, you know, I, I mean, there are benefits to having all, you know, you know, you've locked up everybody you wanted to lock up, but you need flexibility. So if there is ever a situation, you know, now they, they had to sign Keith Petrozelli to an entry level contract because they didn't have a goaltender that they could bring up a, 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 that was on an, an NHL deal um, after both Samsonov and Murray were hurt. Uh, they never played him a game and he's actually taken a little bit of a dip since he got his pro contract, mm-hmm. but they needed, they needed that backup goaltender. There's just mm-hmm. not, there was not a lot of flexibility uh, with this team. But that being said, I mean, you can't argue with the fact that this team has survived based on their depth, based on, you know, having Eric Shaw. I mean, right now, the M, you know, you could say, well, Mitch Marner is the MVP of this team, or Austin Matthews is the MVP, or John Tr- It might be Eric Shawgren because if Eric Shawgren didn't stem the tide between the time that Samsonoff was hurt till Murray got back, which was about two weeks. If they had gone into a big slump, this team would be in deep trouble. Mm-hmm. And they got quality goaltending, enough enough decent stops from Shalgren to get to point A to point B, and now they're on a roll. Yeah, this is the combo. Norm, <laughs> along with Mike. What we're doing right now, you can consider a sneak show. Don't remember the last time um, Michael or I got together for this content during the week, but we thought, hey, Based on avail- availability, based on barely being capable to do so, we would put together a sneak show for you. And uh, we hope you're enjoying it. Make sure to like this content and subscribe to the channel. This is Kyle Dubas's team. Everybody wants him to do something now so we can judge him in the now. But this is his team. And theoretically, this team is a, is a you know, again, the culture he's helped to, uh, uh, you know, 
keep a winning culture growing to an extent and you know putting this team together on paper theoretically it's a good fucking team but you know when when jake muzzin is you know teetering on the brink of retirement because of injuries and you know your your iron horse back there and and morgan riley is injured and tj brody who's just uh so reliable is injured and the two goaltenders that you think um together will be better than anything that you've had between the pipes for the last few years freddie anderson james reimer uh, jack campbell included these guys get injured what the what the hell you know what the hell are you gonna do so it's the the inner workings uh you know uh, between these um you know big uh, tr- transactional milestones and you know whether they are are great in the moment or leave something to be desired that you know we can criticize him for or lament or you know second guess but <laughs> they're doing their best and mike and you and i have, have been hypercritical of the maple leafs over the past that's what you do in a in a you know a medium like this we we, we criticize and then we, we we get excited about it to this point man I'm, I'm super impressed with what's happened and it's it's encouraging it's awesome to see and again i hope i hope it can continues but i hope it continues in the right way with this team people coming back on track back to health people progressing getting better uh, all in the name of going gangbusters into the playoffs winning a round or two and you know trying to make something happen with with this regime in, installed and guys like austin matthews um you know front and center while he's here you know colin in the uh, in the chat asks who is our number one goalie um well this is i mean this is the nice thing about you know what's going on right now matt murray after shalgren like i said got from point a to point b matt murray played phenomenal um even to the point that you know kevin allen who was uh on on the buzzcast who was skeptical of matt murray and i've been sort of backing of matt murray ever since they even before they made the trade i thought he would be the guy that that they go after um that could be uh, the goaltender would get them over the hump um he was skeptical because of his injury history because of what happened in ottawa and he saw he went to the game in Detroit where Murray made 42 saves and was like, I have to make a mea culpa here. It's like the injury thing is still a question mark with Murray, but the quality of the goaltender, he says, that's the goalie I saw in Pittsburgh that won two Stanley Cups. He's motivated. You know, he, he, people question his quality uh, after going to Ottawa. Ottawa was a disaster. That team can't play, couldn't play defense in front of them. They expected him to make 40 saves a night and you can't operate that way. Here we are now. As yeah, with a with a support structure like he like he has in Toronto, even with half their defense out, it's much better in terms of you know where he thinks he can go than it was in Ottawa. So to answer the question of Colin, uh, who's the number one goalie? I don't. I think you've got a one A and a one B. I think. Do you have one. to have a number one? No, no, so and I have to be anointed. You're number one. You're number two, and you're no, and it's especially, especially with Murray's injury history, right. you don't want you don't want to have to play him four or five games like they did. They did that because they needed to. But now, right. like look at look at the way the schedule is laid out now. So the last game that Murray started was Monday against Detroit. Wednesday was the next game against San Jose. They play Samsonov after he's been off for about three weeks. The next game is Saturday. They're going to start Murray. 
Mm-hmm. Then the next game after that is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Now, if they play Samsonov, then Murray is getting four or five days of rest, right. which is the way you want to go. You want to keep them both fresh. You want to keep them both sharp. Uh, and if, you, if you're if you rotating them, now when the schedule gets you know much busier, like five games in seven nights, they're going to divvy up the, the workload. But I think that that's the way they're going to go. I mean, they're, they're getting good goaltending. I'm pretty sure Samsonov is seven and two or something like that in his okay. last his last starts and Murray is five Oh and one in his last six starts. Just rotate them. Keep going like that. Mm-hmm. These cats, I'm talking about Samsonov and Murray and Shalgren to a lesser extent. They all understand their roles, right? The, these two guys aren't passing each other in the hallways of Scotiabank arena, giving each other the, the stink eye because you know one wants to be the main guy and the other one you know wants the same thing they all understand what this is about right yeah no they they i think that this team has been competitive enough over the last six years to realize that you know you can withstand little hiccups here or there for four or five games but after losing four or five on the road to teams that they shouldn't have lost to those, that was missed opportunities. And of course, then they turn around, you know, as, as this team often does driving you crazy. And it will continue, Mike. Yes. They lose over the ride isn't over. And we are going to have moments where we're scratching our heads again, not because we're, you know, confused, but we're scratching our heads out of, agitation you you tell you tell me that if you didn't think uh you'd be lying to yourself if you didn't think at 1-1 in the third period against san jose that they were going to blow points to one of the worst teams in the league again like they did in san jose they lost in overtime on an eric carlson goal um you know that was the you know and i'm like at 1-1 in the third period against a team that they should be beating the crap out of and they're and they're not because San Jose played a pretty good game. They put a pretty good road game, but they, you know, the, the Leafs get the late goal from Ang from Ang Ball on a nice play by Kerfoot and then get the empty netter from from Marner and they get the right. two points. They fought through now they didn't fight through it in that road trip. I mean they they blew points against LA and San Jose and Anaheim mm-hmm. that they'll never get back. But then of course they come back and then they beat the best team in the league in Boston or the second best team in the league. And then beat the, beat the New Jersey devils at three or four points against the devils that nobody else is doing. I mean, it's enough to drive you to drink, but that's right. what they do. Well, we expect quality, but we really need quantity, right? I, you know, by, by any means necessary, every game that, but anyway, it's necessary to get the points to put yourself in position to to contend, to buy, to 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 be in a, a to be in that space where you are considered among the best. And f- from there, you know, Mike, we we know this is going to be a playoff team. It's you know, the 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 journey along the way. Um, you know, the, the destination is big, but as as the the theme of what we're trying to do with the podcast at least this season is stay in the moment and in this very moment what we're seeing is uh, quite impressive so timothy lilligren just under 18 minutes of ice time last night four block shots two hits rasmus sandin just over 22 minutes of ice time and of course these guys got to play because two of the big daddies are out uh and now these guys are elevated right um Four blocks, a hit. I mean, 
the Leafs don't hit too many too many players. At least the forwards don't. They're always no. out of But uh, and then your buddy Justin Hall, just uh, twenty one minutes. So without Riley and without Brody, and of course Muzzin nowhere to be found for the for the future for the guys we're all expecting to take the mantle or to elevate themselves at some point here and now this is their opportunity and you can't overlook mark giordano his 10th game playing 20 plus minutes i mean to get that out of a 39 year old right but i'm talking but we know we know what we're going to get from giordano we're going to get a guy balls to the wall going to go nuts whether he's playing 12 minutes whether he's playing 22 minutes right but I'm t- what i'm talking about are the guys like lilligren and sandine mm-hmm. who have you know, we've we've discussed that nauseum uh, and, you know, picked apart and expected more from and have been disappointed in this. OK, you know what? Now, guys, you're elevated. You're the yeah. young cats. You're the you're the future. The future is right now. Yeah, I think I said on Sunday, it's like this this opportunity is a proving ground for these two yeah. players. They they needed opportunity. I think that, you know, they were starting to get more of it. But I mean, less Sandine. I think Lilligren, you know, played with Riley, played with Muzzin last year, played with Giordano, was playing 16, 15, 16 minutes a night. Well, now they have no other choice. These guys have to play 19, 20, 21 minutes in an elevated role. They're top four defensemen right now. They're being forced to play a top four role. But I think they deserve to play a top four role. And I think the, I think the organization needs to find out whether they can or not now it's funny because um you know there are some people out there and i'm not being critical of them but i i disagree with their philosophy mm-hmm. like mike johnson from tsn who does a lot of the uh uh like along the boards between the benches stuff on tsn broadcast yep. he, he believes that the leafs uh when it comes time for the trade deadline should trade for another forward because um, there probably wouldn't be a difference maker on defense that they could acquire. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly disagree. Now, I, I understand his point of view. He says, well, they, they stopped scoring in the playoffs, so they need right. additional offense. I'm sorry. It's like, I mean, even even if Sandine and Lillard Run have proved that they can be top four defensemen, which I, I think that they're well on their way to doing. Okay, so you're going to the playoffs. You've got Riley. You've got mm-hmm. Brody. You've got Sandine and Lilligren. You've got Giordano as on your on your bottom pairing, and then it's a it's a collection of Justin Hall or Connor Timmins or Mac Hollowell mm-hmm. on that bottom pairing. And honestly, you need don't ever leave Victor Mete out again. Yeah, you need that bottom pairing guy to be a shutdown, uh, you know, nut cutter, physical guy. They don't have that guy on this on this roster. I don't think you can depend on Jordy Ben to do. Mikey, you're thinking of you're thinking of the you're thinking of the the person or you're thinking of the contributor positionally think of the player right if this team is already trying to draw it back and get the center involved and in, in helping out the d and just thinking of things a little more defensively forget the big crazy fucking scoring let's rein it in a little bit and be more responsible for our goaltenders who are like china dolls in this mismatch of defense let's get a, a defensive way of playing and we know we can explode so for you're, you're thinking positionally let's think of the player who may be able to come in and integrate and have that understanding of how to play that kind of game maybe that's where he's coming from and i'm just playing devil's advocate right you're well, right. It's, it's not a lot. There's not a lot of options out there, at least right now. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll just say this. I think that it's fairly impossible to go out at the deadline with the with what the Leafs are going to be offering and get yourself a difference make. If you can get Patrick Kane for trading a first round pick and a, and a prospect, if you can get Bo Horvat or Ryan O'Reilly or somebody that would actually make a impact, big sure. difference, God bless. 
then right. forget the defense and overload on the blue. But I don't think you're getting that for what the Leafs are going to be willing to trade. And I think you can get like a Scott Mayfield. All that. I don't think the Islanders are going to trade him or Gavrikov from Columbus or, you know, a, a, a like somebody like Labushkin, probably a little higher level than they had last year, getting that guy in the blue line to make your defense a little more solid. I think that's realistic. Mm-hmm. And as for as Elliot Friedman pointed out, they have Matthew Nice coming, and they may believe that Matthew Nice plugs in on the wing at after the NCAA season, and maybe he he does what like somebody like Nick Robertson can't do at this point. Cause I think there, there's still some skepticism right now about Nick Robertson and his ability to play defense. And maybe he'll get an opportunity now because Kyle, Kyle Yarncroke um, left the game yesterday with a groin injury. We don't know how long he's going to be out. So it might be Robertson's opportunity to get uh, more ice time. You got to think the big four too are at a point now where they want to see the, uh, the the style of play, the coaching staff, the the man you know the mandate is there, but the philosophy evolved to to benefit them. You know, Austin Matthews has won all his awards. He's won all of his awards. He's good. You know, he'll win more, but he's good. he's good. It's not like oh, you know, it's been 15 years. Can he finally win a a Rocket Richard Trophy? Like he he's got all that. Now it's about let's get the, let's get the accolades. That's really, it's really what it's about. And I, these dudes will certainly forego a couple of extra goals and some uh, uh, personal statistical accolades in order to see this team uh, come together and move forward. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about it, but real quick before we go, uh, Tampa and then Dallas with Mac Hollywell and, and your buddy, Victor Mete on defense. Um, it's it's been pretty good over this last you know five game run. Are these cats about to get exposed? Well, let's just say they'll be playing 12, 13 minutes a night, and uh, that the, group get exposed now. Are they going to just kind of go? Eh, you know, we could use the big boys to come back here. Oh well, yeah, I mean they definitely could. I mean, and the the encouraging thing is that Sheldon Keefe said yesterday that. Brody is um, making progress, which right. probably means he'll be back in the next couple weeks. Um, you're not probably not going to get Riley back until after Christmas. So um, if that's the case, then, you know, these guys uh, are going to have to sort of batten down the hatches. That's why I'm saying like Giordano and Hall and Sandy and Lowe are going to play 20 plus minutes and the bottom pairing, they're going to spot them. And play them as little as possible. I mean, Hollowell and Mete is could be the smallest defensive pairing in the NHL. Mete is not particularly good defensively. Hollowell tries, but he's you know five nine and one hundred and seventy pounds, so he'll get knocked off the puck, especially against two teams with big forwards like Tampa and Dallas. You got Dallas with Mason Marchment and Jason Robertson and Ben and 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 Tampa, you know Patrick Maroon and all the other guys. So these this will be a test for the Leafs defense and their goaltending. And if they, if they come out with a split of these two games, I think that they'll consider themselves fortunate. Hey, it, run with it while the, the running is hot. I, I do feel at some point this team is going to get more abused than it has. I mean, statistically, it, they, they get beaten around pretty good, but that's statistically in, in reality. And any team that has uh, relatively close enough offensive capability and is, is good and is runs roughshod uh, over teams like the Leafs. The Leafs are certainly going to be in trouble. I'd still like to see a little bit more of a physical element um, to the overall game. But again, that'll be uh, something they can uh, uh, add to the game 
plan and uh, pack into the overall strategy and ideology uh, as it goes forward. Anything else you want to add, Mike, before we take off? Um, not, I mean, just not really. I mean, I, I think that we've covered most of it. I just, I just say that last night, the 21 second uh, moment of silence for Boria Salming was fantastic. And uh, I, I love that the fact that the Leafs are uh, selling the Boria patch that they have displayed on their jersey since his passing last Thursday uh, to raise awareness and money for ALS. So kudos to the Leafs for doing that. Yep. Uh, Aaron World Order, a new name. Welcome if this is your first time. Leafs can beat Tampa. Vass has been okay. Sure, the Leafs can beat Tampa. They 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 took them to seven games uh, last season. They of course they can beat them. The Leafs can beat any team. They can also lose to any team. Brad Tindall, uh, Nylander is a tank. He can no longer be denied. H- how often do you hear us talk about William Nylander on the show in a negative way uh, this season? Not once. So. Well, I'll just say I'll just say this. Last year, and Norm will remember this. I said William Nylander deserved to make the All Star team. The first. Right. Half of the season, he was fantastic. It was more Dr. Nealander than Mr. Willie. And then in the second half, Mr. Willie popped up. And that's now, if he can continue playing the way he is playing right now, you got no legal. No, you've got no complaints out of me if he keeps playing the way he's playing because he's been accountable, he's been physical, he's been consistent in terms of his offense. You know, ain't. We, we, di- we digress, Mr. Agello. The reason we're not talking about it anymore is because because there's a very good chance, and I'm a believer in this, that it's those days for him are over. He's a new player. He's older. There's uh, new things to a- obtain and achieve. Uh, you know, for him personally and for this group, those those days, the Mitch Marner uh, uh, whining and complaining and grabbing the stick too tight. I mean, we're hoping those days are over too, but I, I, this is a new year of evolution in the process for these guys as, as human beings and, and I, adults. So here, here, here we are. So I thought, I thought that last year and then right. it appeared again. So I will be cautiously optimistic, but I'll be, I'll be awaiting the, the, the Mr. Willie sightings. Right, right. Jose DeMello. Sorry guys, we should get out of here. Matthew Nyes reminds me of Keith Kachuk. Well, Wasn't that like, I'm sure. Sounds like sounds like an old timey scout, Jose. Good to have you, buddy. Well, I mean, you know, no, who wouldn't want a guy like that? From your mouth to God's ear, but I, I honestly, it's like that's putting a little too much pressure on the, on the kid. I mean, if he's if he's anything close to Matthew Kachuk or Brady Kachuk, I'll I'll take it. I, I, let's just say this: I think Matthew Nyes is an NHL player. What kind of NHL player he's going to be, I don't know. If he's Tom Wilson. If you know, then I think the Leafs would be would benefit from that. He's a big body. He likes to throw his weight around. He's got offensive ability. I don't know whether he that I think saying he's Keith Kachuk or Brady Kachuk or Matthew Kachuk. Let's just wait. Let's we, cool. we, we've got to go. But uh, Darren McNeil, uh, hey guys, coming in late, starting at the beginning. Hey, uh, you, you can you don't have to be here for the live. We we put the show out. Watch it. Don't 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 let it die. Keep watching it. Some of our content and watch it multiple and, times. I know, but some of our a, a lot of our content in ways is evergreen, right? I mean, yeah, it was done before a certain game, but we're talking about things that um, issues and, and ideas that exist 
regardless of it's pregame, postgame, whenever the hell offseason. And Rob M, there's, there's an OG if there ever was one. My biggest worry is what happens when Riley comes back. Do they abandon defense first and go back to firewag and hockey? Interesting question. I'd hope not. No, no. Okay, they don't. Okay. what The reason that they're playing the way that they're playing right now is that the defense, as currently constituted, is not capable of, <laughs> of, of allow of allowing the forwards like normally the center like Matthews or Tavares will be in front of the net like in the slot looking for the outlet pass looking to break out the other way right now because the defense is shorthanded they're yeah. playing below the goal line helping out the defense when Brody and Riley get back they're going back to playing the way they did they, they did before because playing this way for 82 games probably wears them out mm-hmm. That's that's the whole thing. But, you know, honestly, this is good practice because in the playoffs, this is how you have to play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and you you have to give guys like Brody and, of course, Morgan Riley the ability to stretch out a little bit. They're not just stay-at-home, big, bulky dudes who pick up 20 points a season. These guys... You know, can can play all three zones when need be, uh, and have you know tons of offensive capabilities too. So, again, in this moment, what we're seeing is phenomenal. Uh, what will transpire over the next you know forty eight hours uh, and such, uh, we are interesting, uh, interested to see, and waiting certainly with bated breath to find out the results of. Michael, thanks so much for the sneak show, OG's conference. Thank you so much for being here live. Remember, you don't have to watch it live. You can watch it anytime, all the time. Like the content, subscribe to the channel, and we'll be we'll be back on Sunday. For Mike, I'm Norm. We're out.